0: welcome to the school of the word this is the second part of lesson 25 in our teaching series as in the days of noah titled progressivism progress in the wrong direction part two our teacher is alan smith amen amen and amen we do welcome you uh, here today Uh, this morning i uh when i found out i had to, to speak twice today i started laboring a little bit over what this other message would be. I couldn't, nothing came forth, so I just kept extending the teaching that I was doing. And I felt to just, I taught this morning, I'm just going to continue that teaching. I'll not uh, reteach any of that, but if you're interested, if you feel a little lost when I start, I don't think you will, but if you do, you can go back and watch this morning's teaching. And it'll bring you up to date. Uh, and I want us to be in much prayer for Pastor and his wife and uh, and for Kelly. She's been in the hospital actually this week and uh, had a little bit of surgery done. Very uh, discomforting. and uh, So let's be in prayer for her. Uh, so Lord Jesus, we pray that you'd be with us today and be with our pastor and his family. Pray that your Holy Spirit would be there in such a mighty way. We're asking and praying, oh God, that you would uh, Heal these. It's got cancer in our congregation. Uh, Those that have other illnesses and diseases. Lord God, we ask and pray that you'd heal us from all infirmities. And we're asking as a group, as a church, that you'd visit visit this congregation with your healing power, with the message of the gospel that brings healing uh, to your people. We ask and pray that, oh Lord God, and to be with Ed and Maritza And to just be with everyone, oh God, is our prayer. Be with us this day, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, as I was teaching this morning, I introduced this idea of uh, progressiveness. Uh, You have a progressive movement today, and uh, there again, Trevor is teaching some on fallen angels of what's going on in our country and in our world, and he'll be picking up on that uh, also in the next week or two, of what's where are these influences coming from? Uh, I had a friend of mine here last week. Uh, his name is I. Benjamin. Some of y'all met him, I think. They were here at the first service. Um, he said, Alan, y'all tackle anything down there, won't you? He was talking about Trevor's teaching on fallen angels. And uh, he said, that's a little unusual. I said, well, why? He said, well, I went back, you know, he's checked some of our stuff. He said, y'all just teach on anything. And I said, well, I, I guess so. I, I didn't know it was that rare. And he said, no, you don't have too many sermon series on fallen angels. I said, well, there's not too many people that'll try fallen angels, you know. And uh, of course, Trevor will. He'll jump on anything. So, uh, but he'll be teaching more on that. Now, I, I was speaking this morning on the progressive movement and how we, and I've also spoken on portals and, uh to this, this day and time we have what's called a progressive movement. It's on the far uh, left. And now you don't have to go too far left. It's pretty much on the left. Um, here I, I mentioned this morning of the, the progressive movement there. Uh, this is a church and this is what we call a progressive Christianity. Now progressive Christianity, you have a lot of church today. I, be, I get articles all the time of, uh, of from progressive uh, Christian uh, pastors and I, I'm i having a hard time to even to hold on that it's even Christian, to be honest with you. Uh, and you'll see some of these things. I'll go through this real quickly. Uh, progressive Christianity is part of a larger movement called the Emerging Church. You probably heard that one, what, 10 years ago? You remember that term came out, the Emerging Church? Well, progressive uh, Christianity is the continuation uh, of the emerging ter- church, now I'm going to go over some of the things that they don't believe. The progressive church, and uh, this picture of this church uh, right there, this I actually got uh, one I'm getting ready to read to you out of their um, uh, out of their handbook about their progressive church. I checked the other ones; it's pretty much a common uh, verbiage that they use, and when they say that it is uh, progressive Christianity, and I was just so amazed at how many churches now are identifying, you know, we used to have Baptist, Methodist, now you got just progressive or not, you know. So to me, the uh, I guess the progressive has taken the place of the fundamental independent and, and all of that. So, but here's some of the things that the, the progressive church does not believe. It says, number one, we are not fundamentalists. Uh, it goes on to say, we don't believe the Bible is the inerrant or infallible Word of God. Now that's in the paperwork of this, of this church. you went on to say we don't agree that creationism should replace the science of evolution in public schools. He went on to say we don't believe that God hates gays. I said this morning that uh, that upset me when I read that one because I don't believe that. Does anybody in here believe God hates gays? I, I don't think none of us believe God hates gays. But yet they put this in their paperwork to give you the idea that if you're not like us, you hate, you hate uh, uh, gays or whatever. Some of the uh, strongest uh, uh, believers I've ever met in my life. Um, the Bible says those that's been forgiven much is, is they're gonna have much to say, right? And, and, and so I, when they use that terminology there again, that's what the progressive left does. It says if you're not like us, then you're like us. It's, it's making an accusation whether you realize it or not. We don't believe that people of other faiths are going to hell unless they convert to Christianity. In other words, you start seeing with the progressive ideology that what happens is it, it starts being, you're inclusive of everything. Here are some of their I do believes. Number one, uh, the Christian faith is founded on three primary calls uh, we see through Jesus. And this is what they have. And you're not going to disagree with all of them. Uh, to love God, to love your neighbor, and to love others. Well, okay. yeah, that's, I, can, I can see that. The Christian faith is our way of being faithful to God, but it is not the only way. Uh-oh, here we go in the slippery slope uh, of, of saying, now here's the, here's the idea. The idea is to be inclusive of everything. That's the idea. Now, it the the idea of being inclusive of everything. I get it. Why people want to use that, but listen, uh, I'm going to put it to you plain. I'm a farmer. I sell cow manure. I know what cow manure smells like and looks like. Is that too plain? But it's not the only way. I'm telling you, as a believer and as Christians, when things don't smell right, they probably ain't right. I also found out this week that ain't a Hebrew word, so we'll not go there. All right, Christianity is the truth for us, but it's not the only truth. Progressive Christianity. It's the truth for us, but it's not the only truth. And they're again getting this idea of being all-inclusive. Here are some more of the I do's. The love of God involves all aspects of life, not just human life. Now, I don't know how you work in abortion there. But anyway, uh, care of the earth and its ecosystem is an expression of Christian faith and stewardship. Well, I, I get along with that. I mean, to, to take care of the earth, I'm all for that. I've w- I told them this morning, I was taking care of the earth before a lot of people were born. I'm, I'm a born farmer. I was taught how to, we were taking care of the earth before it was a cool catchphrase. Uh, but there again, it gives this idea that up until now, all the farmers have been treating the earth badly. Right. Uh, It's it's there again. You're and I'm not saying the topics if you've treated the earth badly or not. I'm saying that the topic is somebody is trying to deceive somebody. Somebody. Now, deception is the issue in this day that we're living in. You might not think it's a big issue, but it is the issue. They also said, love of neighbor means extending kindness and care, okay, to those in our family and in our local and global communities. Good deal. Further, love of neighbor includes affirmation of the LGBTQ community, immigrants, people of other faith traditions, and even those who are our enemies. Now, that can appear to be somewhat uh, likable, but there again, it's got some problems with it. Does anybody see that? Yes, it's the word affirmation. In other, in other words, I was saying um, uh, earlier that I was in the church that uh, with Jeff Rowland and we had an outpouring of the Spirit, and I, I just knew Jeff was going to get us all killed before it was over. And but he had this message; he was he was inclusive. I mean, he he didn't exclude anybody. He said, "Come as you are," and and we had everybody there, and 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 Mark was there. He knows this is true, and and Mike, and and we had everybody from drug addicts to 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 uh, uh, poll dancers, I said that this morning uh, uh, in the church, and but but here's the difference: we called in everybody, did not make a distinction, but the presence of God was so powerful, you wouldn't be there two or three times, and you were converted, you were set free. Didn't I you write, know, Mark? It just didn't take long, and the reason is the presence of God was so pervasive that when you walked in those doors, the Holy Spirit was on you in such a way that you didn't stay that way. Now here's my concern. The far left is making a call to the world. They're making a call. We're to make a call to the good and the bad, the Bible says, right? Remember the three invitations of Matthew 13? He said, go out to the highways and hedges, call them all in, both good and bad. That's the call of the church. Well, the far left is making that call. The progressive church is making that call. Now, you think I'm kidding. You need to go on the Internet, look up progressive church, and you'll find more of those than you will fundamentals. Everybody's progressive now. In other words, call everybody in. Now, here's the problem. That's the correct call. We are to make an invitation to everybody to come. Both good and bad and come just like you are. But the idea behind this Word is the Word of God is so powerful that you can't stay under it long, but what the Holy Ghost is going to get you, and you're going to change from the heart, not through legalism. We're not going to clean you up and then flay you, right? It's because the Holy Spirit is so strong in a place that even any sinner, that includes us, When we come into the church and to the believers, we feel convicted of sin in our hearts. It's that powerful conviction of sin, of the Holy Spirit, perhaps that we're somewhat missing. The worst thing you can do is call everybody that's sick to a hospital and not have a doctor. That's right. So to call everybody to come in without the great physician, without the Holy Spirit is dumb. That's right. But still, they got the call. Now here's what I want you to see. This is a little complicated. Uh, Nonetheless, my job is to put it out there. Y'all do with it what you will. The far left has taken the call of the church, which is to call everybody in. That's what they're saying. You You can come to our church, LGBTQ, gay, lesbian, whatever. You can come to our church. The problem is that's the correct call. But when you get to that church, there's no message. There's no power to set you free. But yet the progressive church is making that call. So, now we're going to stand up against the progressive church, which I will. But it looks like we're standing up against the benevolent call. Does anybody see what I'm trying to say? It looks like we are again get—they're making the right call. They just don't give you the message when you get there. They're saying, "Come here, and we will uh, affirm you in your sin." God forbid. But as a people of God, we've got to realize what's happening. So when we're standing against something, the enemy's making us look like a fool because it looks like we're against people in sin. I hope you're tracking with what I'm saying. So we got a dilemma. And I'm not standing here telling you that I have all the answers. Okay, what do we do? Well, number one, we need to make the call. Church used to say, come as you are. Come like you are. We're not calling people in like we should anymore. Progressive church does. They put uh, rainbows and everything else on their church. That's right. Now, I'm not suggesting that. Don't don't get me wrong. My my point is the call's being made, the call's being robbed from the church. We used to go after people that were hurting it needed Jesus. That is what we used to do. I hope we're st- some of you are still doing it. But nonetheless, the progressive left has robbed us and stealing the call. Now, we move on quickly. Now this is something else the progressive church says. It, says it's, it calls itself a reforming church. Uh, the progressive left says we're always reforming. We, we are evolving into a better people. And the idea is in progressive, the progressive uh, ideology is that you progressively get better and better and better. Now that's done uh, through the, uh, that came with us with the age of enlightenment. The progressive church has this catchphrase, that is we're always reforming, a phase that points to our identity is that we are reformed and a reforming church. So that sounds good. Sounds like you're moving forward. You are moving, but in the wrong direction. Now, I said, Houston, again, we have a problem. We have been deceived. Now, I want us to see as a church how the deception works. This is very, very important. You say, well, Alan, I'm not interested. Well, you need to be. Because the message that's spoken about the most in the end times is, be ye not deceived, and Jesus said it. That's the message. Be ye not deceived. So the biggest thing that's going on against the church is being deceived. It's the biggest thing. And the whole end time is the, the enemy's got all of his cohorts out trying to deceive God's people. So it's a huge issue. They are using the language of Jesus to love everyone, but denying the power thereof to set them free. You see that? Now the question is, do we have the power here to set them free? it just so happens, I believe, I'm of the persuasion that the gospel still works. But it's got to be applied to the problem. Can you hear me? It's got to be applied to the problem. Just because you use the language of the gospel does not mean you have the gospel. So that's what the, we're in today in the United States. That's what we're into with our churches. You are going to hear the word progressive church more and more and more and more people are going to ask you, well, do you go to a progressive church or not? Now, don't think that's a huge minority. A lot of churches are not choosing. They're just not saying they're progressive, but they got progressive ways trying to avoid the bullet. Now, you don't have to avoid the bullet if you got the gospel. You don't have to be scared of anything. Just preach the gospel. If you're here today and you don't have Jesus... It's a good idea. You need him. You wouldn't be here if you didn't. If you've never met Christ, today's the day. It's a supernatural message that'll set us free from any bondage. That's the, uh, there again, the love of God is being exploited by the enemy now. May the true church arise in these last days and set the captive free by telling them the truth. Now that is. The truth is so hard to find this day and time. I want us to look at something quickly. I'm trying to move here a little better. This is, uh, there again, I say this is not a suggestion, okay? Jesus said, and answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. It's not a suggestion to think about. He said, take heed that no man deceive you. Now, I'm I'm like, why is this thing so... How can we be so deceived? How, how does that happen? Well, We might need to all of us take an inventory on how truly we're living a life in relationship with God. We all need to always constantly take that inventory. How are you, just be real with yourself. We can fool everybody else. Be honest with yourself. Am I truly living daily? Do I wake up and say, okay, God, what are we going to do today? Do I wake up praying? Do I wake up talking to God? Am I conscious? Am I God conscious throughout the day? We've got to ask ourselves. Our relationship with God is being pressed by the times we're living in. Don't fake it anymore. Don't act like it's not out here. It's out here. You're going to need to make a decision. We can all, you just need to make a (laughs) pledge to yourself. That you are going to move closer to God, next be this time next week closer than you are right now. Just just make a pledge to yourself. That's all we got to do is to be conscious of the fact of moving closer to God. We just will to because when we don't do that, we're doing something in, of the world, and we're going to leave it all. Hundred years from now, there'll be a whole new crew here. We're leaving every bit of it. Let no man deceive you. John says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out in the world. I think that's what the progressive movement would definitely come under that now. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy, vain deceit, after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. He says to beware. He says, Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom? Be not deceived be not deceived. But evil men and seducers wax uh, worse and worse, deceiving and what? Being deceived. And you've got to see that this New Testament, everything that starts relating to end time uh, understanding and prophecy, the issue is deception. Now, with that in mind, Matthew 7, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now that's concerning. Romans, now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. Now here we're getting into something that's a little more um, it's beginning to jerk or change if we'll let it. He tells us here that we are to mark those If if I'm trying to make a mark on the progressive church this morning, I want to mark them. I want to say that that's bringing division. It's not of God. Uh, The great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So we see here that this is the ultimate goal. Second Timothy, we got this problem. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. I submit to you, the progressive church and that, I, that thinking is suggesting having, it's got a form of godliness. They're in the church and they carry Bibles and use the Word of God, but yet they say there's other, there's the, that this book's not the only way uh, to God. We know that Jesus says He's the only way. Does your book say that? It says it says it's the only way. Progressive Christianity does not say that. It starts including uh, all Islam, uh, Buddhist, uh, all of these other ways, and, I, and I'm sorry, I mean, it'd be fine with, honestly, it'd be fine with me if God said that was okay. I, 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 it's fine, it's God's deal. But He didn't say that. That's a problem. God didn't say that. It's not if I've got a problem with it or not, it's if God's got a problem with it. And, and God's got a problem with it. And, you, and, and a lot of times in debate and argument, we sit down and we start using our own personal enlightenment. So, well, that's not too bad. Well, I can I It's not about us. It's not about us trying to reason. It. It's, it's how does God feel about something? What does God say? And as, as I move on here, you're going to understand that a little better. We have to ask ourselves this question, how can this happen? Now, I want to introduce to you, words are important. Words are very important. Distinction of terms is important. Male, female. Distinction of terms is important. Gay means happy. (laughs) That's what it means. Right? I I don't know how old I was when I started thinking, what? How how do you do that? Right? So, So what happens is... I'm not against gays. reason I said that, I'm not, I'm not against gays. My point is, somebody's messing with the words. Do you believe this is a supernatural book? Same yesterday and day forever. Who believes that? You believe it? You can't mess with the words. You can't mess with them. You can't mess with the words. This is a supernatural book. You mess with the recipe, you don't have the same cake. You can't mess with the words. We're living in a day when everybody's messing with the words so that words don't mean the same thing. The way this works, once you're inundated with this type of thinking, You'll start looking at the Word of God. Well, you know, words don't mean what they used to. I mean, I use an old King James all the time. I know everybody laughs at me. But I know what the words mean. They say the same. A lot of translations, people say, well, I can understand this better. Well, does it mean it's a truth? If you don't understand it better, you want to understand it better, maybe you need a book you don't understand as well and do a little studying. Is that too much? I'm sorry. Let me move on here. (laughs) Progressives have become masters of vocabulary. Now watch this. Manipulation and are constantly changing the traditional meaning of words to fit their political agenda. Hope you can see that. Progressives have become masters of vocabulary manipulation. Manipulation and are constantly changing the traditional meaning of words to fit their political agendas. We are now inundated with this idea of changing all of these words. Please do not accept this new terminology as true words. It's not true words. It's just not. The, uh, well, let me keep going. They have changed the meaning of words to deceive the uninformed, uneducated, and apathetic public. Today, people are taking it, gullible. Yeah, the new terminology, yeah, we'll go with it. There's nothing wrong with it. I've had people say to me, well, Alan, this, it ain't no big deal. I say, yeah, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. Somebody needs to say it's a big deal. You can't change the words. You start messing with the words, we're in bad trouble. The government now prefers to call taxes revenue enhancements. God, somebody come off of it. That's right. Look at a lot of your new tax forms. It's called revenue enhancements. Like you've been to a, have a facelift or something, right? Re, revenue enhancements. Why? I'm like, I saw that and I'm like, no, no, they no, no, they didn't do that. <laughs> How does this happen? Hunger, now I'm into this. It's called food insecurity. You don't say hunger anymore. You say they have food insecurities. <laughs> Am I a dumb farmer? Does this not seem weird to you? Is it can you some somebody's messing with us? Hunger is hunger. Somebody's hungry. Food insecurity. Now when you see all these things happening, it's on purpose. They're going to mess hunger to food insecurity. That's not the big one. That's prepping you. The goal is to get us so confused we don't know what the truth is. Because we're not writing the words. I'm telling you, you better get more familiar with this book. This book will give you definition to your words. Are you with me? It's better than Google. The current social engineering continually changes public perception of reality. That's the goal. The so, current social engineering continually changes public perception of reality. And there are people out here in think tanks now, uh, that you call them social engineers, that are changing public opinion, public perception. There again, we're, we've got problems with what God's got problems with, and if God doesn't have a problem with it, guess what? I don't have a problem. Now, watch this one. California has proposed legislation to remove the words husband and wife from federal law and use gender-neutral terms like married couple, spouse, or any non-offensive term. I just got offended. Anybody else? Can Can you imagine? The word husband and wife is an offensive term? Now, how do, you, how do you jump there? I mean, how do you make this jump? I mean, this is proposed legislation in California. How do you make that jump that that's an offensive term? Where is it? How do you do that? I, it's just it blows my mind on how that can happen. How to avoid being deceived. All right, I need to get on to this one. We must go to our Bibles for the definition of words. Now, you think I'm kidding, but I'm really not kidding. You're going to find that you're going to have to become more familiar with your Bible. There used to be a lot of Bible study going on in God's house. Uh, not much anymore. Uh, people used to read, the, and I know a lot of you do, but people used to read the Bibles every day and all have it going in their ears or whatever. I'm just suggesting to you where we are today, if you don't want to be deceived, you, you need to get in this book more. Just read it. Just, just read it. Today, we have programs in the Hebrew and Greek, right? Most of you got them. I mean, today, we can stay up to date on God's Word and what the words mean more than any time in history. God's given us these tools. God has given us what we need for this day in which we are living. Isn't that amazing? Without biblical distinction of terms, we are an easy target for deception. Without it, whites, white, blacks, black, you got to have distinct. You got the nation Israel, you got the body of Christ. You got to make a distinction of those terms when you're studying anything. If you don't, the way replacement theology came about is that is the church replaces Israel. Did you know that was the theology and up to about 1900? Now that's the whole—that's the whole idea of Catholicism. It's replacement theology. The church replaces Israel. Why do they do that? They don't make a distinction. Israel, like guess what, is Israel. Body of Christ, guess what, is the body of Christ. The words mean what they say. Replacement theology is something that started. When the church was trying to replace Israel, we do not replace Israel. We're grafted into the tree. But anyway, that's another day. Here we go. It is important for each believer to make a commitment to themselves to take their Bible knowledge to the next level. That's where I really think we are. I think it's important, and I just challenge you with that. It's important for each believer to make a commitment to themselves to take their Bible knowledge to the next level. I know we would like to have an easy Christianity, but if you're going to match the days in which we're living, you're going to have to put more in it if you want more out of it. I'm just telling you, if we don't get in this book more, we are going to be deceived more. This is it's just the right answer. You missed a good place. Say amen. All right. This is your protection from being deceived. It's studying the Word of God. Anybody know who that is? Crazy, do you? Anybody? Does that help? He orchestrated a mass suicide in conjunction with a comet. You remember it? Heaven's Gate. March 26, 97, Applewhite and 38 other members of a cult called Heaven's Gate were found dead in a mass suicide at a Renan Mansion in Rancho Santa Fe, California. The group members believed that a spaceship following the hale Comet, which had made its closest repro- uh, approach on Earth, March 22, 97, would pick them up and take them to a higher plane of existence. Now, uh, we can say That's crazy, right? Here's the problem. Ultimately, they did not find the answers they were looking for. They were looking for answers. Do you believe believe that many people committed suicide together? They thought they were going to hitch a ride to heaven on the backside of a comet. Now, that might sound foolish to you, but my question is, how much of that sort of stuff have we already been fooled into? Uh In the United States, how many hellbots have we jumped on? You can say that it sounds stupid. I'm telling you, they were deceived. And our Bible tells us as believers that in this day, we can also be deceived. And we need to take heed. I'm going to have to stop. I hate to lead you right there to a hale comment. <laughs> I'll do a couple more so we can get away from that mess. Uh, now, what what happened with that crowd? They were deceived. But they were very interested in the supernatural. That's what they got off into. Then they started mixing science fiction with it and But I mean, most of them were PhDs and everything else. It wasn't like they didn't have some brains going for them. But they had such a hunger about supernatural things. They had such a hunger for what they couldn't see. They knew something was out there, so they tried and failed. Now, the world is very interested in the supernatural, but they still need the truth we must not change the words of the Bible because there lies the supernatural. This book. This book is a supernatural book. If you don't mess with the words, the words mean what they say, where they say it, like they say it on purpose. Now this this book is a supernatural book, even though a lot of people don't think that it is, but it is. It is. And if you really want to get into supernatural things, you get into this book. I'm about at a stopping place. When you make the Bible palatable to the world, it loses its supernatural power. You see, the progressive church can take Bible verses, love everybody and all that, and you can call people in. But when you try to make this book palatable the book will lose its power. that makes sense? It's not that we don't want to call everybody in. We're all sinners. We all needed the gospel and still need the gospel. All of us. We understand that. That's the ground rules. But we also got to understand this book is supernatural. And when we call people in, we don't change the words. We just use the gospel. If you mess with it, It's not supernatural anymore. So we're having a lot of situations where the supernatural is is not happening. I'm gonna stop on this one. We are living in a time period which is spoken more about than any other time period in the Bible, including even the time of Jesus. To know what time it is, you must know your Bible and what it says about signs and times. You must be aware of what is going on in the world around you. Now that's something I know a lot of people don't want to do. There are many voices out there. The voice of Christ is one. Paul gave the Colossian church a warning because there were people out there that wanted to rob them of their true faith. Now next Sunday morning, this is where I'll pick up. The Apostle Paul, everything I've ta- said to you this morning, the Apostle Paul addresses. It's all Bible. And he really starts addressing it heavenly, heavily in the book of Colossians. And it's just amazing to me. Because there was people out there trying to rob them of their faith exactly like it is today. And we're going to talk about it next week. If anybody shows up. I'll talk about it anyway. Let's stand. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. I pray, oh God, that your word, anything that I've said is not of you, O oh God, I pray uh, that it would just fall to the ground. If there's anything I've said that's of you, O oh God, I pray that it'll be quickened to our hearts. I pray that these people will test what I've said. At least I hope I've aggravated them enough, O oh God, that they'll dig into some of these things and seek out your truth and seek out your word. Lord Jesus, I call us in this church and those online watching, I call us, oh God, to be a better Bible students next week than we are this week. I pray that there will be a resurgence of a hunger for the Word of God, a resurgence of the hunger of the Word of God, a resurgence of the hunger for the Word of God. That this crowd, this group, these watching online, would not be deceived let us stand before you O god saying and knowing we were not deceived because we put and carried and stored your word in our hearts our only insurance that we won't be deceived bless us this day in jesus name amen and amen